Welcome to Cosmic Channels. Open minds on cosmic lines. The show streams live Sundays at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time on YouTube and Twitch. Tune in then for your chance to share your tale or your theories. The number is 1-833-703-0424. The Cosmic Channels are open. All right. Welcome to Cosmic Channels. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Here to take your calls about anything paranormal, conspiracy, cryptid, you name it. We're here to talk. So I believe actually we already have someone on the line right away. Let's see if this works. It's been a, it's been a little while since we started this show. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Can you hear us? Uh, hello. Hey, yeah. can you hear us? You're on Cosmic Channels. Oh, I am? Perfect. Yeah, man. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Nathan. I'm from Colorado, Denver, right outside Denver. Right on, Nathan. What, uh, you got a story for us? You, you got a theory? Uh, I'm already got a story. Uh, so I, I've been listening to podcasts uh, for about a month now, and I kind of started from the very beginning uh, and heard your, what was it, the Denver airport theory? Yeah. Uh, my ex was is an electrician and she's working there uh and she's told me some stories uh about her working down there okay so they seen some lizard people uh, <laughs> i wouldn't say lizard people it's just more um so she's an electrician she has like they gave her a card to uh that gives her access to the entire place but there's a few places underground that she doesn't have access to and the airport told her, uh, or the company that she's working for kind of told her, if you're caught trying to go in there, uh, she'll be terminated on the spot and kicked off the premises. Oh, shit. Now, what, are we talking like, uh, like so underground areas or? Yeah, underneath the airport, yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah, because you hear a lot, a lot of stories. Did she ever s see any kind of weird coming and goings or anything like that? Uh, there's a bunch of people that go down there, and she never usually, she doesn't see them leave. Um, so they probably leave after hours because she's there from 6 a.m. to about uh, 5 p.m. And she never sees these people leave, but she usually sees these people in uh, almost like CEO level business suits going into these areas, and she never sees them leave. So people in like CEO level suits are going like un into the underground underground places where she's not allowed to go or she gets arrested? Uh, pretty much. Um, but there's kind of more to it where um, we have a mutual friend who's an engineer and he's done stuff uh, for like the cities and even for the military at one point. And she kind of stole like a... Uh, an electrical blueprint of the whole airport to show him because he doesn't work there. Uh, and he's looking through it and even he can't tell what's down there because he's like, there's all these generators around except for that area, but there's a bunch of uh, energy, like uh, power lines basically underground that goes to that area. And he even says, <laughs> he doesn't even know why anything would be down there because all the generators are further away than where that area is. Interesting. So the, like, so the gen, you're talking about generators like for backup power? 
No, no, for for the or yeah, for the backup, like for the uh, airport itself. Right, in case like the actual grid went down, they, they have their own generators on site, kind of thing. Pretty much, and they have a bunch of those generators that lead towards that area, and they don't know. Like he's looking through the blueprints and has no idea why anything would go down that way. And he stole this. Did you, did you hear? Can you hear us? Did you hear Andrew? Uh, no, I, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything just now. Andrew, what were you saying? Just wondering. So this, they stole this blueprint. Uh, oh yeah, she yeah my ex did. Uh, it's kind of like she was given a copy and she just made a copy of the copy. Uh, and then just took that second copy home. Damn, that's ballsy, man. It is ballsy. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what's uh, what's your theory? What's her theory on, like, what's actually down there? Uh, well, we all kind of have the same theory of that. It's <laughs> from the way it sounds. It's definitely. I we think it's maybe military, like it's uh, a underground military base. Um, because she's like she's seen officers um, that look to be working. Um, officers, I'm referring to like military police, or not military police, but in the military around that area as well. Crazy. What are the odds you can get us uh, copies or pictures of this blueprint? <laughs> Email it to us. Uh, I maybe I can. I, I we we gave it to our mutual friend who who's. Uh, done stuff with the military and shit, so maybe he still has it. Um, I'll have to see. All right. Well, hard we're, we're mail interested. us a copy. Hard mail us. We don't want nothing, nothing trackable. Hard mail. Yeah. Yeah. Mail it to I'll Zell. Try, and I'll see if I can. I don't want that. <laughs> Love it. I don't want anything to do with that. Awesome, man. Hey, well, that that's crazy because yeah, there's a, tons of theories about what's actually underneath that airport, and that's uh, that's one of the cooler ones we've heard in a while. So. Appreciate it. I, I, I still think it's some sort of like modern day, like Noah's Ark, the Mile High City. If there's a great flood there, I bet there's a total underground labyrinth of, you know, uh, like a city underground, basically. That's what I think. Well, you're, you're that high above the sea level. It's my, the Mile High City, right? In Denver. Right. So if you go, you know, yeah. maybe like a new nuclear winter, something melts the polar ice caps or something, you know, we heat up the earth. And this is, you know, you live under the dirt to uh, stay safe from the radiation and you're in the mile high city in case of the flood. It's like, it's the ideal spot for a, a doomsday scenario. Yeah, I, give, I agree well, with that. That's what yeah, that's what we kind of thought was like, we, maybe it's for the military, maybe it's something being hidden that we don't know because like, as I was saying, like uh, my engineer friend, he, he even said, there's no reason anything I mean, yeah, you need power for lights and stuff, but how many electrical wires heading down that area, he doesn't know what it's for. Right, so in his opinion, as an electrical or electrician, he thinks there's way too much power going underneath there than there should be for any type of underground facility that he knows about. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and he, he's worked on an Air Force base where at one point, he, he counted it was every day at five o'clock there would be this massive power surge. Uh, and he kept asking like the base, uh, Hey, what's going on? Cause they were hired him to fix an energy problem they were having. Uh, and they kept telling him, don't worry about it. <laughs> like they couldn't tell him. So he, he's kind of dealt with that before. 
Hey, that's really cool. Hey, we got we got to move on to the next caller, but we appreciate the story. I mean, there's there's so many weird stories that come out of Den Denver Air Base, and that that that's cool to have someone on the inside. So if if you do get a copy of those prints, just yeah, let us know. Yeah, let, us let know. your boys know. Let your boys know. We want to see them. But yeah, that's all right. Hey, man, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Talk to, you, you. talk to you soon. Bye. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. You What's know, that? They're obviously making underground Frankensteins. Hey. Yeah, I'm on board with that. You got excess amount of power going under, <laughs> underground to some type of laboratory or facility that shouldn't be there? Pig babies. Frankenstein monsters would be the problem. Mul multiple monsters. All right. Soldiers. Uh, Frankenstein's monsters, soldiers. Let's, uh, we got another caller call on the line here. Let's bring them in. Hello, Cosmic Channel. What up, guys? Yo. What up? What's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Virginia. Sitting oh. here with my wife. Oh, close to Danny boy. Yes, there's all all four of us are on, oh, yeah. on tonight. Four of the five Gs, huh? You know, you got it. Just missing Byron. Cool. How much time do I? How much time do I have? I know you're. I'll just start probably your, start your story if uh if it's if we got another call caller on the line, I will let you know and we'll we'll end you. But we'll play the Oscar music. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah, the sucks just kicked me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, story starts when I was, by the way, I listen to you guys all the time. You're awesome. You really helped me get through the work shift. Cheers, man. Thanks, brother. So, uh, yeah, for sure. One of these days when I'm not broke, I'll be a Patreon. Uh, till and, then, I'm just a scrub. Hey, no worries, man. We appreciate any, any support, any listeners. We appreciate. <laughs> yeah, you guys are awesome. All right, all right. So uh, to the story. Um, when I was about four, I uh, was just in my bed, just getting ready to go to sleep, and uh, was looking out the window. And then I looked up, and there was. This, this is kind of a long story, so I'm going to omit a lot of information and just kind of try to give you guys all of the most relevant information um, just to try to get through it. So I looked up at the ceiling, and there was what I can only describe as like um, a very fluorescent-looking humanoid, just sort of Spider-Man-esque just on my ceiling. And it freaked me out. So, you know, I was four. I was in the, I was actually sharing a bed with my sister at the time. So I leaned over to shake her. And when I looked back, it was gone. Um, so, you know, all my life, I always kind of tried to rationalize what I saw. You know, maybe it was like a, make a, like a flash of light. Anyways, um, you know, like a flash of light that I maybe put a glare in my vision, but. I've, I've always had a pretty vivid memory of what it looked like. Um, so now I'm going to fast forward to when I was about 16. Um, I started experiencing sleep paralysis at about that age, uh, really once when I was 16. And then it, it didn't really continue again until I was about 21 or so when I got my own place. Um, the first dream was now I, I just want to point out that a lot, a lot of like, like I was saying, a lot of these details kind of, um, go together. So I'll reconnect some of this information. Um, so you gotta excuse me. I'm a little nervous 
because I listen it's to you guys good. all the time. And I'm talking to you. So I'm going to sound like a, sound like a raging lunatic for <laughs> most of this. No, no worries, man. Hey, not we, just um, us. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> is that, is yeah, that case, is your you wife know. in the background? <laughs> yeah. Make your mom's come a little closer. Um, all right. So the first dream of sleep paralysis that I had, and I want to point out, I know a lot of people have sleep paralysis when they're, they're laying in bed and they think they're awake, but they're not. Um, and I just want to say that sleep paralysis can be experienced in a much greater variety of ways from variants of being awake to uh, being asleep. And most of my experiences are while I'm in a dream, something will happen in the dream that will cast me into some kind of paralysis. Um, so the first experience that I had was, you know, I was in a dream and then the dream changed. And that's kind of like one of the markers is that you can actually recognize that the dream is changing, um, almost like it's being interrupted. And, uh, long story short, I was, um, basically wading through water and trying to get to a bridge. And it was sort of like a mental thing because there were snakes passing me and I was trying to just, you know, stay calm, tell myself to leave them alone. They leave me alone. And I had this, this, uh, feeling of something stalking me and from, from behind. And, um, I, the, the sensation of paralysis was slowly setting in. I didn't know what it was at the time, but eventually I came to this bridge that was coming out of the water. And by the time I got there, I was, I was so weak, uh, that I could barely pull myself out. Um, but I thought to myself, you know, there's no reason I should, I should feel this way. I have control of myself and I shook it off. And then I stood up uh, in the dream, there was a street light that cast my shadow over the water. And uh, so my shadow caught my, my eye and I looked at it. And when I looked at it, my shadow was a hooded man holding a scythe. And then as soon as I saw that, I lost complete control of my body. This is my official first experience of sleep paralysis. In the dream, my right hand grabbed myself by the neck and lifted me into the air. Um, a voice said, I'm in your head now. And then I woke up gasping for it, you know you'd say gasping for air but it kind of felt like i was trying to hold my soul in so to speak um all right so crazy that was really kind of like my yeah uh my only major experience for a while until i moved into a house it was like the first place that i that i moved into where i had some sense of independence um and it was this right before we moved into it it was completely wrecked there were walls knocked out there was shit all over the place um and they had to do a major renovation of it and i moved in with my sister and my brother at the time i'm sorry i <laughs> saying good starter home yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well you know they cleaned it up before we moved in but again, I'd, I'd looked at it before we got there so i, I knew that that had happened um so um the, the very first night that I moved into this place, I had a really crazy dream where, you know how some, sometimes you might have a dream and the dream feels like it lasts for more than a day. Um, this was one of those dreams and in the dream it felt like it lasted for, I don't remember. It was, it was a, either like several months or years. And in the dream, uh, it was, there was something along the lines of there were like 200 souls that were like in the house and tormented and, uh, over the, the period of time I had to experience what it was like for each of the people living in the house 
to uh, go through surviving it and getting out of the house. And one of those characters, uh, you know, those characters were me, my brother, and my sister, uh, and this other redheaded character that I didn't know at the time. Then uh, later on, a couple months in, my sister uh, had a boyfriend move in from the West Coast, and it was the first time that I met him, um, and he had red hair. So, you know, maybe it's a coincidence, maybe not. Um, so while I was in this house, you know, I, I wound up having slews of sleep paralysis on a very regular basis. And I, I didn't know if it was the house. I didn't know if it was just me, honestly, you know, maybe I'm just fucked up in the head. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, the other people in the house kind of thought that it was spooky, but at the same time, you know, when you talk about spooky things, it's easier for people to think that they're experiencing something. Um, my brother was always a bit of a critic, even though he's the one that said that something flew across his room at some point in time. So, um, there's that, the same you house? know, the suggestion of some, I'm sorry. Was that in the same house that something flew over his head where you were having all the sleep paralysis, the place you guys just moved into? Yeah. Yeah. He was doing something in his room and, um, he had like a, a pump because he's a type one diabetic. And the uh, he he had he had part of it sitting on the side, and it just like lifted up and flew across the room and hit the wall. Oh shit! According to him, paranormally activated. <laughs> but to this day, maybe I don't know. Maybe um, he. I, I say it that way because he was, you know, he was a skeptic of it, and he was the one that experienced it. So maybe he omitted details and just told the story. Right. Um, so I, I also had a lot of other dreams while I was there. One of them was, uh, you know, I, I climbed a mountain with small details don't matter, a black hat. I got to the top and I, I found like a Cyclops head and the Cyclops head uh, told me all these things that made me feel like I had epiphany after epiphany. Just an amazing dream, but I couldn't remember anything from the dream except for that he had told me he was the demigod of tea. And I didn't know what that meant. I, I, I uh, wish I remember the rest of the dream, but later on went to look up the information and eventually, or by look up the information, I mean, tried to research what that could have meant when he said God of tea. So I looked up the origins of the letter T and it said something about what I found was that uh, the letter T might have represented uh, resurrection so I knew nothing of what to make of that, but years later, I'm skipping forward. I'm going to skip back years later. Um, I found in a, in a lecture, I, I listened to a lot of like college courses on CD and stuff like that. Back when I had a CD player, um, I like to study religions and stuff for fun, just to kind of understand a little bit more about what makes people tick. And in this uh, course on, Greek mythology, uh, the professor was saying that uh, they think that that Cyclopses represented resurrection, which kind of took me back. Um, so, you know, just kind of throwing out some some details that might have seemed to be relevant. But anyways, going back to the, the slew of. Um, uh, th th I'm, I'm sorry. Like I said, r rage, ranting lunatic, skipping around details. Um, no, it's a cool story, man. There was, uh, 
right, cool. Well, you know, I, I, there a lot of a lot of the a lot of the sleep paralysis was basically, you know, something going wrong with me, uh, something being interrupted, me losing control, or like something chasing me until the point to where I'm like doing everything that I can to scream for help or to like just desperately get out of the situation. And then right as soon as I feel completely hopeless, I finally wake up kind of thing. And it's always one of those situations where you just feel like if you fall back asleep after you do wake up, you're not going to wake up ever again. Um, but of course that could just be a sensation of fear. I'm going to continue to play devil's advocate as I go through this story. Oh, hey, man, um, I was, was going to tell you, so we got, I was going to say we got a couple more calls on the line, so try and wrap it up in maybe just a couple more minutes if you don't mind. Find a good stopping point. Yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. Call back later at another time. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. Okay, so um, so my, my, uh, my wife, I met my wife back then around a similar time, and she, uh, when I was living in this house, and she, um, had never experienced sleep paralysis, but she did after we'd met. And it was basically something along the lines of, um, she was looking into her reflection of the water and then she was thrown onto her stomach and could see an above view of the word words being carved into her back, something along the lines of love will leave you. And she can never remember this last word. Love will leave you like nodded or just some sort of, uh, what seemed to be alluding to a threat of, of, of sticking with me, like telling her not to stick with me basically. Um, so we thought that was kind of funny. And then at one point in time we were driving down the road and she was driving in front of me and from about 40 feet ahead, this wrench, I, I saw it, this wrench flung out from underneath the retire and smashed the middle of my windshield. And so, you know, I'm always broke. So I drove this partially shattered windshield for as long as I could. Um, I always felt like it was kind of an omen. But before we moved out of the house, um, there were my, my brother did some digging in the yard to do some gardening, and he found this bag of bones. And he said it was probably just uh, you know some old trash, which granted it was because I'd help I'd helped him tear up a deck, and there was all sorts of trash down there. The thing was buried under a shed. Yeah, it was it was buried under a shed. I'm a skeptic here. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> like I said, burial ground. It was, but it was. Maybe, maybe. Um, all right. So let me, let me get to the end of the story here. So I'm going to, I'm going to skip a lot of this. We, uh, um, found the bones. I, I, uh, much later on. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just, I thought I was trying to get you back on track. You found the bones, which was, turned out to maybe be yeah, trash, so but it was under a shed. It, it was, it, it, you know, it, not really ever sure what exactly was going on there. The dreams continued after I moved out of the house, but it was less frequent. Um, you know, I, I kind of got to a point to where I was able to fight it and eventually I sort of did. And the, one of the, what, what felt like the last dream, it was the last dream for a very long time was it eventually got to a point to where, um, I, was able to break the paralysis and get to whatever it was that was casting me into the paralysis. And it, it, you know, I kind of won the fight, so to speak. And then the dream sort of stopped. Um, not too much longer after that, coincidentally, I'd watched a documentary called the nightmare. And if you, if you get to the end of the documentary, it's mostly a bunch of people talking about sleep paralysis or other weird things, you know, like the, um, 
the fedora, the shadow people, whatnot. And a lot of that, honestly, I've not experienced before. It seems kind of foo-fooey to me, and I'm sure that a lot of the stuff that I say seems foo-fooey to, to them. Um, but what really got me was at the end of the documentary was a guy talking about something that wasn't a dream. It was something that he experienced in real life. And you see this blue thing that I saw when I was a child walk out from behind a tree. Um, so if you watch that documentary, The Nightmare, you can see what almost exactly looks like what I saw. Um, and uh, there, there's a little bit more, there's a lot more in there that I could talk about. But yeah, I mean, if you want to see uh, that thing that I saw when I was a little kid, just turn on that documentary, The Nightmare, fast forward to the end. Um, and I, you know, I can g- give you guys stories about sleep paralysis and, you know, more coincidences of like facts in real life uh, with information that I was given in some of my dreams. Um, but those are really the highlights. That's, that's the bulk of it all. I always find sleep paralysis and like shadow people and all that very fascinating. It's never happened to me. I know it's happened to Dan a couple of times, but nothing on the level that you've experienced. So that's really cool. Any, uh, yeah, I'm not quite, I'm no. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just, uh, just, I was just asking like any, like any, so it's, it's all dreams. There hasn't been any physical, anything physical or that it's all, it's all shadow people. Or, or in your dreams? Well, there was never really any shadow people. Like I said, when I was uh, when I was four, I, I was awake when that happened. There was uh, right. one time when I when we had moved into an apartment together, we, hey, we were going hey, to bed. Hey, sorry, and sorry, to cut, and, sorry to cut you off, man. We we got to we got to move on, but we do appreciate the story. Like that stuff is, I love those kind of stories, man. So hey, if you, it sounds like you got a bunch, we're gonna be doing this every week. So feel free to call back and tell us a couple more. Yeah, cheers, man. Hey, thanks for taking the call. It was great talking to you guys. Uh, yeah. And hope you have a great one. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. All right. Later. The bones under the shed for me. I'm like, that's a fucking weird one. Like, so what you, kind of bones here? So like I, the did bone, get the, did those were those. I want to know how long the shed's been there. Yeah. Because like then the, it's like, I've had neighbors that keep chickens in the shed. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what, uh, what, maybe the bones under the shed were some type of haunting and the, the, the dreams are all connected? It's kind of seemed like. Well, he, I mean, uh, he didn't say exactly what kind of bones. I think if it would have said oh, human bones, like, well, yes, then maybe. Let's go with human bones for now until we know different. Okay. <laughs> Could have been demon bones. I don't know. Could Fuck have been alien bones. bones. All right, we got another caller. Let's uh, let's bring him in. You didn't ask. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Hello. Hey, what's your Can name? You hear me? Yeah, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey. Hey, my name is Chris. I'm uh, I'm from Midland, Texas. Uh, my name is Chango14 on um, Discord. Oh, right I'm the on, one man. that uploaded that UFO, UFO video earlier this oh, week. Oh, right, yeah. Yep. I was going to tell you a little bit about it. Yeah, let's hear about that. When when did you see that again? That was just recent. Pull that up in the chat there. Yeah, I think Tuesday. It was Tuesday. This past Tuesday. Um, it's kind of weird. It's like perfect timing. I, um, I, I was going out to my truck just to grab a few things and when I was walking towards my truck, I actually saw it, but I thought it was just like, uh, you know, like a plane or a jet or something. So I didn't pay too much attention to it. And then I got what I needed for my truck. And when I turned around, when I saw it, like right before I recorded that video, and then um, it was it was pretty crazy. Like um, like I said, when I first seen it, it was just going across the sky like any typical plane or jet. And then when I turned around and like really noticed it it was just hovering there like like it is on the video 
And um, it was hovering for a good, like, two or three minutes before I started recording it. And then um, I recorded that little clip. And then, I don't know, whenever I was looking at it, I felt like it noticed me. And um, that's kind of what made, what made me put my phone away. Like, I wanted to go inside and um, uh, really what I was going to do is go inside and grab my gun. I mean, I didn't know, you know, I, yeah. I, that feeling I had, it was like a weird feeling. So I was like, I didn't know what was going to happen. So um, that's why I stopped recording. And almost right after I stopped recording, it just like bolted off like super fast. And I didn't, couldn't even tell which direction it went. I saw it for like a split second and it just like disappeared almost. It's pretty crazy. I, never... I, I posted his video in our Skype chat if you wanted to pull it up. So when you talk about that feeling, was it like a feeling of impending doom or was it just like you're feeling anxious? Like what, what were you feeling? Um, that feeling, it was just, like I said, it's kind of like um, the best way I can explain it is when you're in school and, you know, you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing and a teacher catches you, you're kind of like, oh, shit, you know, like. And yeah, that, that, gut, um, that gut, like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's how kind of how I felt, and it, it made me feel uneasy. That's kind of why I was like, I need to go inside and get safe, you know. And then, but I felt like me personally, I feel like that's what it wanted me to feel, because like I said, I put my phone away, and then right after I put my phone away, it just shot off, you know. Crazy cam. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in the video here. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, uh, go to our YouTube channel or Twitch and check the video out. I'm gonna put it here. So let's see if I can get this into here. All right, playing it. You guys see that? It's like a it's multicolored flashing dude craft. That reminds me of that fucking video or that picture that, that other guy sent. That's what I was thinking too. Uh, we had a um, a UFO photo submission uh, a while ago of someone taking a picture and they said they saw this thing that you know flashed so many different colors of the rainbow and they tried to get a picture at night and it just turns into this like rainbow melody blur um and if you look closely there's you know people were saying that you could see an alien head in the photo it's kind of a little interesting i don't know if that that was just happy coincidence i think but this yeah this is this is uh very looks very similar uh, my first thought right away was oh it's it's you know possibly a drone the way it's drifting right drifting left uh but then you're saying that afterwards it just took off out of sight yeah yeah like the way it was moving before i mean wasn't very abnormal to me it was like a, a plane or something but what makes me feel was something different is just the way it shot off like that like i don't think anything could take off that fast and, and where again, where did you, again did you see this? Um, uh, right outside my house. Um, I live in um, West Texas, a town called Midland. It's not very big, but it, yeah, it's was, it was pretty random. Like I said, it was just a normal night. Then I walked out and I, I seen that. And, are, you, um, are you close to any mil military bases? Um, no, not no. at all. Um, there's not much around. Um, I, I posted on well I didn't post the video on my personal account but I I posted hey did anybody see that weird thing in the sky and um, I had a couple of people like say they saw it but um, they don't believe in aliens and all that they think it was just a drone but I told people people like 
I don't think it was a drone the way it shot off the way it did. Like drones can't do that. Yeah. It's, and it's funny you say this. I, I found the email from this person who wishes we have his name and contact information, but he wishes to be remained anonymous. And he was a 30 year old, um, military, uh, personnel. He had, you know, he had worked with all sorts of, or so he was an army. He was a paratrooper. I'm pretty sure it was Jason Bourne, right? Yeah, Jason Bourne, his nickname, <laughs> code name Jason Bourne, uh, you know, working. And he said this very similar thing. Uh, th- he describes this and he says it moved like nothing. He and he, he works with drones. He works with these things and he couldn't uh, pick it up. And the picture, when I look at the picture and I look at the colors that that thing's giving off, it looks very similar. So I'm just looking very quickly to see if he gave us any idea of where he had seen this, because I wonder um, this was. When did you when did you see this? This was just this past Tuesday. This yeah, past Tuesday. Yeah, video so dated November, would, November 3rd, so. November 3rd. And so this person saw this other one on October 22nd. I just don't know where uh he doesn't say where, so um it would have been interesting to know if this is in the same location. So Jason Bourne, if you if you're listening to this, let us know. Uh, maybe I'll shoot. I'll shoot him an email. I'm going to shoot him an email back and ask him whereabouts he saw this. Little, little cross reference. Little cross reference. Maybe we can uh, see if more people uh, saw this. We appreciate the story. We appreciate you sending that video, linking that video. Um, it's definitely fits many other UFO encounters, especially like the extreme speed. Right. Some seems to like just like go from zero to whatever amount of miles per hour in like almost like a flash pretty cool yeah yeah pretty much all right man hey we're gonna take the next caller but we appreciate the story and uh call back again soon um here's my question one more question could it possibly have had a light on it and then just the light shut off and that's why it looked like it's no because i mean no because when it took off like it looked like a blur of light for like a split second and then it just like as if it got too far from for me to see. Like um, you can tell it took off. Like it was like like I said, for like a split second, but you could tell that it just like zipped off in one direction. But it, was, it had it really fast, like too fast to even figure what way it went. Right. It's kind of hard to explain the way it did it, but yeah, you'd have to be there to really know how it. how it took off for sure. Yeah, but it was like a bird. Yeah. Oh, as I was gonna say, we got we got to take the next caller, but we got to move on. But we appreciate the story, and we're all jealous because we've never had a really an encounter like that. But we all want one, so thanks, man. Appreciate right, it. Man. I keep updated if I see anything else. Yeah, man. Hundred percent. Right. Let us know first before anyone else, especially if you get something like you. All right. You got it. All right, man. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. That's a cool UFO. That's cool. Jason Bourne took the picture while it was like taking off, like the guy explained, and that's why it looked like a streak of. Well, well, that's what he said. Is he said it moved very quickly, and all of a sudden it, it maneuvered in a way where he was like, "This isn't anything that I, in my knowledge of aircraft." Where is it? Yeah. Cool. It's cool. All right, we got one more caller here. Well, actually, not one more. We'll t- probably take a few more, but one on the line. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Hey, what's up, my dude? Yo, what's up? What's your what's going uh, on? Who are we speaking with, and where are you calling from? Uh, it's Jericho or Shadow Warsi from Discord. Yeah, 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 buddy. Yeah. 
Thanks for calling. He Rick yeah, he Rick rolled me the other day. Did he? <laughs> this motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I had a UFO sighting. Oh, please, it's, please tell. Zell knows of one, uh, but there was another one. Um, so back when I was like 12 or 13, uh, my brother was in the Marines and he came home uh, for leave, right? And uh, so we all, the entire family decided to have like this big, like uh, lake day where we're going to swim at the lake. And uh, this place where you swim at the lake is surrounded by the national forest and everything. And uh, I remember swimming, sun was starting to go down. And uh, I get up and I walk up the little embankment on the beach and I go to the cooler. I lift it up to go get some like meat and crap out of it. And I look up and I see the sun above me. Right? Yep. Here I think it's not weird. I look to my left and but I and I see the setting sun. I look back up, I see that the sun is there too. It's like they had two suns in the sky at the same time. And uh Are they on the same horizon or are they like opposite each other? No, like uh so so the one that should be there is setting in the horizon. Like, like it's the afternoon. It should be there. But the other sun is like at the 12 o'clock position in the sky directly above us. And I say the sun because if I looked at it, it hurt my eyes. and looked, you know, like the sun. Same size, same everything. Crazy. And uh, I asked my family. They seen it. They just shrugged it off. Sat down. Made my sandwich. I looked back up. Second sun was gone. Didn't hear nothing. Didn't see it leave. Just gone. Oh. Wow. So, so is something right above you that what looked like the size of what the sun should look like, it was illuminated or it, like it was either shining or it was like reflecting to the point where you couldn't really look at it. You look down for a bit, you look up and it's gone. So it's moved. Yeah, it, it hurt my eyes to look at as the sun should. But so did the other one that was setting. Right, and it didn't like the sun above you. Didn't look like it was, like it looked circular. It didn't really. It didn't look. You didn't think it was a craft at first. You just thought it was like a weird, like an extra sun in the sky. Right. It, it was still like that's the only way I could describe it. It just seemed like I had another sun above me. How how is your eyesight after looking directly into two suns? <laughs> well, I, mean, I didn't stare at it. Like, obviously, it hurt my eyes. But like, yeah. I was just confused. I was like. I see the one above me, but then I see the one setting over there. And then no one else seemed to think anything different about it but me. Now, could it, could it, do you think maybe it could have been something above you, like a bright reflection? Like, say, let's say, hypothetical here, that there was some sort of like orbiting disc or UFO above you that, you know, silver in color or something. And the setting sun was reflecting it, and you just, you know, like when you get the your light in the cell phone, the sun in there, and you fucking blind your friends. Like maybe it was like just perfectly on you. Um, I don't know. I, I could see clouds moving from underneath it or covering it, and it just shined as bright either way. So if it, if it is say it was a craft, it, like it's hard to tell how big it was then because if it's like a, a giant craft really high up it would look like the size of the sun or if it was a small a smaller craft lower it would look the same size and um, i've had people tell me it could have been a light reflection in the atmosphere but then 
with the clouds moving. I don't know how that'd work. Well, that, that's what most people would say is an atmospheric anomaly. But, I mean, I've never... That, to have it so bright that the anomaly is, like, blinding? Like, I literally thought it was the sun before I seen the setting sun over the trees. What, what time of year was this? It was towards the end of summer, so, like, end of July. Okay, so still... Days are starting to get a little shorter, but still a lot of sunlight. Huh. That's cool. But no no noise, no other, like, nothing else that would su suggest a craft other than there one minute, gone the next? Yeah, yeah, like, I probably looked between it when I first seen it for, like, a solid few seconds. No, I'm not going to stare at it. it. Yeah. It was like the sun. I was glancing between, asked the family. They looked up. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, 12, 13-year-old me just... Made the sandwich, looked back up, and it was gone. Huh. And no one else seemed to really bat an eye. They just thought it was some, like a trick of their mind or something? I, I don't know. Like, I I just thought I was dumb. <laughs> like, I'm the only one that sees this. I'm, like, kind of looking at, like, depending where you are, it, you know, I'm reading that, like, um, depending on air pollution and stuff, you can get some mirages uh, in the atmosphere where the sun will refract and bend the light. Um, you see double or multiple image phenomena are produced by abnormal refraction. But it's very rare. Like if that's something you saw, even this article that I quickly pulled up is saying that that is unbelievably rare occurrence to see. But that could be one explanation. I mean, if it's with pollution in the air, I'm I'm from a small town in southeastern Kentucky. Like literally like our highway science is home of KFC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and, great. And, and we're surrounded by the Daniel Boone National Forest in the mountain. There's no factories near us. Right. Well, yeah, I mean atmosphere refraction can be caused by like a whole host of crazy yeah. shit up there, but Still, okay. even if it was that, it, it, that's super rare phenomenon to see if it was natural and if it was an actual UFO. I mean, that's even crazier. And I'm jealous again. If it was the UFO, I didn't hear or see it move. It was just gone. Just gone in a flash. Hey, it's a cool story. That's a UFO. You didn't know what it was. It was unidentified. And how, how, how long ago was this? Um, about 10, nine years. Yeah, so 10 years later, um, still un unidentified, still s something a mystery to you, so. Well, I appreciate you getting it out to you guys. <laughs> hey, man, yeah, we appreciate the support, and we'll have to, we'll get on some video video games with you soon. No problem, see you guys. Okay, bye. Thanks for the story. Take care, man. Ciao, man. Kind of cool, that one has a lot of elements of the case file we're doing tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you like does. combine that with the other the other two guys, like with the the changing colors and stuff like that too. Like it's kind of sounds like an amalgamation of both those stories. Okay, we got we got time for a couple more calls. So if you've been uh if you if you get if you get stuck on hold for too long, it gets dropped. So if it gets dropped, call back. If you've been dropped and you've been wanting to get through, one eight three three seven zero three zero four two four. Cool stories tonight though. All we got we got all over the board here. A little conspiracy, a little alien, a little and, sleep and to be paralysis. honest, I thought, 
if you would have asked me before we started this one, what we were going to feel tonight, I would have said political conspiracies 100%. <laughs> everybody needs a break from this. Yeah, everyone shit. needs a break. Yeah. So, but uh, no, it's interesting. The Denver airport one I really like. Uh, there's so much mystery. We have a, we've had a couple callers now. Um, we've had the worker there. We have this. If we can get a hands on those blueprints, that would be. Uh, the, the, the electrician talking about why there would be a large amount of power cables, like moving down to the, down to the bottom of the Denver airport. There is, there are a couple articles that mentioned that there was originally those tunnels were built to, to facilitate, in uh, like an automatic baggage transfer system that they were going to install, but they never finished installing it. Or when they did, uh, it broke, and then they never got around to fixing it. Damn, so damn, you would have to have that. Uh, that's got cover up written or all it's over. Fucking it. Illuminati demon people living underneath the demon, the Denver airport. Well, I guess I, that sounds like some CIA cover up. Oh, we were gonna, yeah, the baggage thing, and now we don't use the baggage thing that we paid all this money for. Well, if you got to ask, the, you got to ask the electrician. You got to ask the electrician then if those cables are live or they, if, why would they have live power to go in something that's not being used? Well, how would you know they're live? I'm saying were, I didn't. I, mean, I said you, you got to talk to the electrician. Them. You got to talk to that guy and see if there's actually live I, I power. I don't know if you can tell if cables are live when you just look at them. You could, you yeah, but a, you could you have a reader. Tried, you could bring yeah, a reader down and just touch him? a reader to it. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I don't think he's like <laughs> the electrician guy who was looking at was looking at the blueprints, right? Like. He said he worked there, so he'd know a little more. But anyways, we'll get back oh, to that. Oh, he worked at the military base. I think the ex-girlfriend worked there. Right. Yeah. And that's the one that sent the so blueprints us, okay, to we, we would need an electrician to go verify if the cables would carry enough life. power for baggage claim or more power than they ever needed. But We're well, just going to have to fly to Denver. I'm going to have to. Go check for ourselves. Give us those blueprints. We'll be there. Anyways, we got one more. We got another caller. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Good. Who are we speaking with? Where are you calling from? Uh, Jordan from Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, nice. <clears throat> so I got a skinwalker story. It's more of a my buddy's story that took some convincing for him to tell me. Perfect. Let's hear it. All right. So, um, yeah, good old Utah. So it started out, um, so I'm in the National Guard, and I have a Ute buddy of mine that was in the unit with me and you know we're getting ready for a mobilization i'm trying you know i'm like hey man tell me tell me some stories about skinwalkers and he was just like no nope, not happening not telling you we don't talk about that stuff and uh so we go we get on mobilization we're overseas we've been there a few months and finally one night you know i i've been hounding him while we were there and he's like all right i'll tell you so, you know, our, our little squad, we gather together for story time. And, and, uh, so he tells us the story. He said he was about like 10 or 11. I, I've, it's been a few years since we've been home. So I'm trying to remember it, but he, uh, he said he was like 10 or 11. It was him, his dad and his grandma. They were all living on the res and they're driving to, like another reservation or something. I can't really remember. But so they're driving and it's about dusk time and they're driving and they see this deer and he's looking at the deer and the deer like looks at them and then it like follows them, like stays looking at them. And then his grandma whispers something 
and uh, I can't remember the word, but he told me the word. It was like the U word for basically like witch or whatever. Right. And uh, he didn't know the word at the time. So he's like, Dad, what does that mean? His dad's like, don't talk about it. Forget about the deer. So they keep driving down the road, you know, and they've been driving for a while. And he said they, they see the exact same deer, like miles and miles and miles down the road. And again, it looks at them and just stares, follows them, and they keep going. And his grandma whispers that again. And he's like, what's that mean? And his dad's like, don't talk about it. Don't think about it. And so they're sitting there thinking about it. You know, it's getting dark. And he's like, you know, we, we better we better go home. You know, we, we, we need to get we need to get back to home. And so, but they didn't want to go back the way the deer was. So they decided they were going to go around the mountain to get back. And so they make that decision, you know, they go around, they're going. And again, he said, it's the exact same deer. And again, it stares at them and just follows them. So, you know, they, so they call the, they get home, call the medicine man or whatever it was. And then he's not able to make it that night. So they're sitting there. And so, you know, so he's at home, he said all through the night, like they're just hearing all kinds of weird stuff outside, like scratching on the door, the windows, just stuff going on all night. So freaks him out, right? So the next day gets up, you know, the medicine man was supposed to come over that day. It's a Sunday. Um, so... You know, Sundays they had like big family dinners, you know, with all their family. And they decided they were going to slaughter a sheep and, you know, process the sheep and cook that for the big family dinner. And so his grandma tells him, hey, go out and kill one of the sheep. And he said it was a normal thing. He did it all the time. So he goes out there and all the sheep are like backed up into a corner and then there's this one just standing there staring at him. And so he, it was just kind of weird, you know, he wasn't sure. And so, you know, they were all outside getting things prepped. And his grandma says, never mind, I'm going to do it. You don't watch. And, you know, he, so he was asking questions. He's like, well, he does this all the time. What do you mean? You know, and his dad's like, his dad comes and grabs him. He's like, no, don't look. And so she goes and grabs the sheep. She's got the knife, you know. And his dad like turns him away so that he's not looking at it. And then, uh, but he, you know, he's a 11 year old, 10, 11 year old kid. He's curious, you know? So he turns right as his grandma, you know, cuts the sheep's throat. He says he swears that it was like green blood. So he turned away again out of fear and then turned back and the blood was red. And then, uh, and then the medicine man came, he did his thing and then, Things were fine after that, but I mean, he's he's just like a very like serious, no nonsense dude. I mean, it took forever for him to get him to tell me a story about it. So it was it was like when we like we were on the other side of the world, you know, on deployment, and we were all sitting there like, what the hell? It was kind of crazy. So uh, uh, first, it was this creepy deer, and then when he got it was at his grandma's house. Then it was. Like when he went to go slaughter the sheep, it looked like the sheep had the same look. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, like my understanding of it was, uh, like they they're kind of like shapeshifters. Like they can take different forms. Right. So it was kind of stalking him as the deer, and then 
shifted into the sheep. And then when they were going to kill and eat, when they're going to kill and eat. So when the grandma killed it, he's seen the the green, which wasn't maybe not even blood. That was a skinwalker. Checkmate skinwalker. We're eating you for dinner. Did she have, (laughs) did she have some, some type of like different, like type of blade? Like what? Some meteorite blade or something forged. Yeah, her her rune etched blade of demon slain plus four. Yeah, right. Like basically, like like the, I guess the spirit or something of the skinwalker was like still there. Just she removed it from the sheep, and because he looked, it was like a big deal. And you know, and then the medicine man came over and kind of took care of things and made sure that it was gone. Make sure it didn't transfer again. Right. It's like that Dolph Lundgren movie, Don't Kill It, where it's like the demon hops to the body every time you kill it. So you don't kill it. <laughs> don't kill yeah, it. The person who kills it, it transfers its spirit into that body. So now the grandma is yeah. the skinwalker. That's freaky, though. The, uh, the That's deer, terrifying. The yeah, deer but- like, fa- like seems like teleporting around the mountain. That's freaky as hell. Well, I just like, dude, that's, you right. could, you could make that into a, like a horror movie tomorrow, right? This deer just having that look of like, and there's a look of things where it's like, it recognizes you and recognizes you were there. Right. And this one, you like, know, deer eating, don't really care. There's just one just like fixed on you. And then you see it again and again, fixed on you. And then you're, you know, you're in your farm scaring all the lamb away or whatever. And they're all running away, you know, going or moving around doing animal stuff. But then there's that one that's just standing like in the crowd that's just turned to you and fixed on you. Just mean mugging you right back. Well, it was more like the other sheep were staying away from that one. Yeah, see, that's creepy. Fuck, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's weird. That's a cool story. Hey, we got, we're going to move on to the next caller, but but that's a cool story of a possible skinwalker, some type of shape-shifting possible demonic entity following your buddy around. Hopefully he's all right. Yeah, no, he's good. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for the call. If you ever have a chance, jump on Google Maps, look at Dugway Proving Grounds in Utah, go out to uh, the uh, Granite Mountain area. There's like these weird circles out there. And like I'm, in one of them, in the middle of them, is like a giant cage thing. It is the link, and that's like a military base where they have to store like all kinds of like chemical and crazy stuff. You guys got to check it out. Dan, did you get that? What was it called? Is it Dugway Proving, Proving Grounds? Grounds. Dugway Proving Grounds. All right, we'll uh, we'll check into that, and when we're allowed to travel again, we'll, uh, awesome. we'll put thanks, it on our, put it on our list. All right, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Bye. Uh, we should probably have a medicine man on speed dial just in case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's freaky, man. The the deer, the dead eyed deer, just like staring you down. I mean, deer a lot of the time look very similar, but you know what I mean. The stare fucking creeps me out yeah but they're usually really scared of you too so if one was like stalking you and like staring <laughs> at you, you i've been i've been out running near the park like near my house and like the deer will just like stand on the side of the the path like they'll just stand there you'll run right by them you'll be like three feet away from them they don't, they don't give a fuck yeah the deer's <laughs> the deer here too yep. they don't care Those they like, domestic deer. You, like daring you to do something <laughs> Yeah, but do they teleport? You go for a two-mile run, or they you see them at the start, and all of a sudden they're at the end, staring at you the same one with those dead eyes. For me, honestly, I wouldn't be able to tell deer apart. So it's like if you saw one, <laughs> and you told me that's the same one, I'd probably be like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. They all look very similar. But that being said, it's fuck, it's a creepy ass story. I really enjoyed that. 2020, yeah. I never thought I'd hear something like that. Yeah, I, from you too. Had a little, a few shivers go up there. 
Uh, let's bring in another caller. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Good. What's your name? Where this are you calling has from? A, this guy has a spooky voice already. Yeah, you're I already scared, don't like you're his You're scaring story. us. <laughs> uh, well, it should sound familiar. It's Cody from Manitoba. Hey, oh, Cody, what's welcome, going on? Welcome back, Cody. What kind of story you got for us tonight? Well, I've got a sort of a ghost story and kind of an ongoing experience, actually. Let's hear it. Um, so, first of all, the, the story... Um, the story's from when I was about, I think I was eight or nine years old and I was staying at my grandmother's place and she lived in the trailer, um, on the south side of town. And it was always, I don't know why it always freaked me out. I always got this really creepy feeling. Anyway, um, one night she went to bed and whenever she went to bed, we put the dog and the cat in the porch in the front of the house. And this night I'd helped her put the cat and the dog in the front porch and I had like looked through the window and I saw them both and I, you know, said good night and I went to bed and I was like laying there watching TV and right across from my bed, it was a small room and right across from my bed, there was like a, a desk slash dresser thing and a chair. And then there was like a plastic bag hanging off of it. And so eventually my grandma's boyfriend, she had come, he had come by and said, okay, I'm going to bed. I'm turn everything off. So I turned off the TV, I turned off the lamp and I just started to doze off just started to fall asleep and all of a sudden I heard like the bag on the chair rustle it was like a little plastic like grocery bag and it, it started like rustling but it wasn't like something like a wind blew or like something brushed by it was like somebody grabbed it and like shook it really hard so I turned on the TV, uh, the light right away like my lamp and I looked around I looked under the bed nothing was in there I went and looked in the porch and the dog and cat were still in the porch locked in there I don't know what it was but something had grabbed that bag and shook the hell out of it, and it freaked me out. Starving ghosts. Get your groceries. Yes, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, and then the second one is like an ongoing one. So my kid's mom uh, just recently moved into a new place, and um, it's like quite a big apartment. It's got like three floors. And even during the day, we can hear, like when the kids are all at school and stuff like that, we can still hear people walking around, we, we see stuff getting knocked over all the time. Like it's really, this place kind of is creepy a little bit. <laughs> like, like upstairs on the top floor where my daughter's room is, we can hear like footsteps all the time creaking on the boards. So like somebody's coming up the stairs. It's really weird. It's kind of creepy. Found to move. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would think so. Um, and then one more story. The guy who the first call you had about those dreams it reminded me of one it was really weird I was like I don't know what I was doing in this dream but I was like on a balcony with some guy and I was looking over some city and I saw like the moon but it was like pulsating in and out it was like coming close and going away really fast and it was really weird I was getting freaked out because I'm like the guy's talking about like uh, you know the world's going to end and all this stuff and then all of a sudden he turned to me and it was like he looks me straight in the eye and he was like but this is all a dream and then I woke up and I was like that was that was really weird to me like the fact that he told me it was a dream in my dream and then I woke up did you know you were dreaming in your dream that is weird I well not at first not until he said that <laughs> but did him telling you that like make you lucid in your dream or just when you woke up you realized just just when I woke up yeah. Like it kind of, well, I guess it kind of made me wake up. Like as soon as you said that, I was like, 
oh, and then I woke up. Like, I made myself wake up. It was, it was weird. Are you sleep? Is this the same house where the ghosts, like the ghosts are? No. No different this house? Was, uh, actually, no, actually, this is where I live right now. Right. Not where my, my kid's mom lives. So you, your kid's mom has a haunted house. Yes. That's what you're saying. And I just have freaky dreams. And then you house. got freaky dreams. Yeah. Possibly connected. Maybe. That's very weird. <laughs> okay, no. Haunted house, not for me. Nope. Yeah. That's terrifying. As soon as I hear ba- bags rustling, <laughs> chairs moving. Raccoons uh, or ghosts. Yeah, no, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing in between. Yeah. Well, and like with my grandma's house, I don't know why, but like for years, whenever I went to her house, it always freaked me out. I don't know why, but like it always freaked me out to go there. Like, I don't know what it was about it. Like, I, I always felt like something was watching me or something, I guess. Yeah, the, when you're younger, right, you're more, people always say that kids are more, well, you're more susceptible to paran, paranormal, I guess you would say. That's what a lot. Nothing scarier yeah. than doilies and heart candies <laughs> around there. <laughs> Werther, <laughs> a, a bowl full of Werther's. <laughs> Original. I used to love Werther's when I was a kid, actually. I used to demolish them when I was a kid. Demolished Werther's Originals, the hard ones? Oh, yeah. Oh, like gross. <laughs> Break your teeth on those babies. Actually, that also reminds me when you were saying like, you know, kids are more susceptible. I think I sent you a story about this, about my second youngest daughter. She was, uh, she was about two years old and walking with my, uh, with uh, her aunt. They were just out for a walk and I was at work and my daughter was looking around and all of a sudden she was like, Hey, there's, there's daddy and she started like her answer looking out for me and she was like what are you talking about like your dad's at work he was like she was like no there's daddy and she looked around he was like she's like no there's nobody there and so they went back home later and was talking to my daughter's mom and was like hey you know this is what she said and she pulled up a picture of her um biological dad because we're we're foster parents and she pulled up a picture of her biological dad who had died before she was born. And right away she recognized him. And that was the first time she'd ever seen that picture. Oh, that's Jesus. creepy. That. Yeah. So like she saw him. Oh, weird. Ugh, shivers. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of creepy. All right, Cody. Hey, we always appreciate when you call us, but we're going to, we're going to move on to the next one and then we'll probably call her a night. So we'll talk to you again. Thanks, Cody. That's good to have you, uh, good to have you guys back. Have a good night, guys. Yep. Talk to you later. Right, too, man. Bye-bye. Ooh. Creepy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's think uh, one more call for the night. If yeah, let's call, do one more. One more call for the night. If, uh, if we got one, if you got, if you were waiting on the line, couldn't get through, now's your chance. Boom. Someone's on it. Just like that. All right. Hello, Cosmic Channels. Uh, yeah, um, I'm currently watching the, the live Cosmic Channels on YouTube. Wanted to call in and tell my story about uh, when I was a kid and saw something out my window that I really couldn't, you know, describe. Sure. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, well, I'm Justin. I'm calling from right on the Georgia-Florida border, but this happened back in Nevada. Right on. All right. Let's hear it. All right. So, um, basically... 
And I remember it was about 94, 95. Lived with my mom, my grandparents, my sister. And I mean, it was a relatively normal night. I was raised Wiccan. So keep that in mind. You know, believe in a lot of the supernatural. Never really into aliens back then. But I remember one night we all got together to play D&D. It was actually RuneQuest, but a lot of people don't know what that is. So I just tell everyone D&D. And uh, my grandfather loved to have me help him pick the monsters out of the monster manual. And one night, you know, helping him out, nothing on my mind but the game, picked a couple of bad guys, caused a team wipe. People got mad. They sent me to bed early. So, you know, I went to bed. I'm laying in my bed. Uh, I had a bunk bed, but without a bottom bed. I kept, like, my torch, my toy chest and everything down there. Right. And I'm laying in the bed, thinking about the night. And I look at the window. And there's a bunch of lights coming through the window. Red, green, blue, pink. And honestly, the video you guys showed earlier tonight kind of reminded me about that. Uh, the one where you said it could have been a drone, but then it just shot off into the sky. Yep. Um, I lived in Las Vegas at the time, about 150 miles south of Rachel, Nevada, just outside of Area 51. Yeah. And I was going to go get my mom, you know, because it was freaking me out. I couldn't move. I could hardly breathe. And my dog, Rascal, who was sleeping on the floor, started freaking out. Which I guess my mom heard this because she came in and opened the door. Next thing I knew, the lights were gone. I tried to explain to her what had happened. She said it was a dream. You know, tucked me back in. And I remember it freaked me out so bad that I climbed down out of the top bunk, pulled all the toys out of my toy chest. Every one of them. Put my pillow and my blanket in there, and I slept in my toy box for the night. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, she might have been right. It might have been a dream, but to this day, I still can't shake that feeling. Well, scared you enough that you climbed into your toy chest? Yes. Did the light... Like, did you see it leave or anything or just kind of stopped as sudden as it started? It just, it almost looked like something was hovering outside of my bedroom window. Yeah. But okay. I was so freaked out that I couldn't really focus on it. Yeah. And how old were you at the time? I was, in all honesty, probably only nine or ten. Okay. I'm about 35 now. Crazy. Still unexplained, though, to the States. Maybe a dream. Uh, maybe a phenomenon, maybe. Yeah. Well, we can cancel drone out, right? Like if we were saying that the possibility of the last earlier story was a drone, um, you know, unless they're experimental drones from like Area 51, uh, we didn't have drones yeah, like but we why do would today they... 20 odd years ago. That Well, I mean, were they using drones in the first Gulf War? Dan, do you know? Like 
<laughs> maybe, but like huge airplane drones, like right. the yeah, tiny not like drones the quadrocopters, fly, like personal nothing that could hover. It would have to be like an actual, <clears throat> like propelled drone. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, those aren't around till you know. 2000s. But then you gotta wonder, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I lived in the middle of the ghetto. I, I really did. We and and no offense to anybody listening. Yeah, I grew up in a, a primarily African African American neighborhood. We were the only white family in like six city blocks. Why would they be looking in my window? I mean, what's so important there? Well, maybe it so wasn't looking in your window, but I'm maybe it was with. hovering over the na- the area because they were like, well, if this was, you know, like you were saying, if it was a lower income, you know, maybe these people would be less likely to be believed by anyone else that they saw something, right? Or they were testing these drones because they're like, the likelihood of these people having, you know, the funds to have uh, cameras, you know, 25 years ago or something that they could just whip out and take a picture of this in this area is highly unlikely. So maybe that's why they're running tests and just, you know, maybe just testing surveillance. I'm just spitballing hypotheticals here with no idea. Yeah. But I mean, you're you're, you're that close to Rachel, that close to Area 51. And we know they're ex- doing like building experimental aircraft and like spy planes and like stealth bombers and like all the other crazy shit that that's been coming out of there it does it wouldn't be too far of a stretch if because what 25 years ago that's when did lazar break at area 51 Not 90 89 or something uh, yeah so i think 30 so. years uh, ago i think right around there so 30 years ago lazar breaks breaks what his tale of area 51 and s4 brings into the public eye and if he said they actually had <laughs> recovered crafts maybe weird a lot of weird stuff around there but i just uh you know this is the first time i've shared my story outside of my my immediate family like my mom and my dad and uh i just wanted to get it out there you know maybe somebody else has had similar maybe they haven't maybe it was a dream um I also wanted to take the chance to say, I love y'all's podcast. You get me through 12 hour days at work. <laughs> hey, we, we appreciate you listening. And yeah, if anyone else has, I mean, you're not the only one to have stories like that, but if anyone else has stories like that around this time in this area, let us know. And that's, and that's what the show is. This is a place to share these weird, you know, things that happen to you and that you don't talk with to anyone else. Maybe, you know, hundreds of other people are having these same experiences and this is a way to get it out there. Uh, get a conversation going and maybe make some connections. Uh, thank you all. And uh, eyes to the skies. Me draw drunk. <laughs> Always. <laughs> all right, man. Cheers. Have a good night, boys. You too. Bye. Cheers. I love hearing, like, I love those stories of, like, something that happens to you when you're younger and you can never shake it, even though you're growing, like, you're growing up now. It's still, like, you still think about it to this day. Like, something freaks you out that bad when you were young. That 20, 25 years later, you're just like, what the fuck happened that night? It's crazy. Very interesting UFO ones. A lot with those rainbow colored lights. So I'll be interesting to see if uh, next week you get some more colors with, uh, you know, with that kind of stuff or some posts of people sharing uh, similar. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear more. It's good to have Cosmic Channels back flowing. If this is your first time listening, we'll be trying to do these, if not every Sunday at every other Sunday, but we, uh, we will be posting our schedules ahead of time and these should be available as a podcast version in the near future. So check them out, subscribe, all the other good stuff. 
I think that's it for calls today. That was good Cosmic Channels 11. Good to get back into it. I know if you uh, like this episode, and you want to go talk about it. We're going to have posts on the Cosmic Channel social media pages. Uh, this the post will be just the logo with uh, episode 11. And if you want to discuss what was listened here, uh, we can get open discussions kind of on our social posts. Um, on that, no, n- nothing else till next week. Cosmic Channels is brought to you by Big Theory Productions. The Cosmic Channels are now closed.